Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everyone. I am so excited today. I have a wonderful guest and I'm just knowing because of the way we flow together, we're going to have an exciting episode for you. We're going to talk about a lot of good stuff and we're going to look at things about life through a creative lens. It's going to be so much fun. But with that, I want to welcome Trisha Crystalfoley. I would like to have Trisha introduce herself in her own way and then we're going to jump into this exciting episode. I am so happy, Pamela, to be here. Thank you for the pre-interview where we realize how much we flow together and for this wonderful opportunity to talk to you and your audience. Yes, um, my parents named me Patricia. (laughs) So I got to give a nod to my full name, but everybody calls me Trisha. But um, Patricia Crisofoli, you know, my bio says, you know, New York Times bestselling author and award-winning author and fiction writer and nonfiction writer. And what I would tell you is beyond all that is from the time I was a little girl, I was a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I mean, young, like five, um, you know, I wasn't a good sleeper. And so staring at my ceiling in the middle of the night, I realized I could entertain myself by telling myself stories, which became great big epics. Um, <laughs> and that ignited in me or uh, I discovered uh, an inborn ability to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me all my life to to hone it and to learn it, to get advanced degrees in creative writing. But beyond that, it is um, my my sole purpose is about telling stories and helping other people tell their stories, which is like around my business as a uh, communications consultant. But I think in the power of story, we find truth. And we also find entertainment and escape, but even in that entertainment fictional uh, escapism side, there are deep human truths, just like the the parables of old or the myths of old. All this contains human truth. And I think we can find our own personal paths as well as truths that we all share. That's wonderful. And that introduction is going to grab the listeners like it's grabbing me. And I just wanted to say to you, too, you um, share the same name as my mother. My mother is Patricia, and she also is called Trisha. (laughs) Well, I like her already. So clearly, (laughs) clearly she and I have a lot in common. (laughs) Trisha Foley. That is such a beautiful name. Okay, so um, let's jump on into it. Um, I'm glad that you shared uh, about being a New York Times bestselling author. That's such a huge achievement. Um, We know that you have other achievements like being a journalist and so forth. That's equally wonderful. But I think when you reach a certain level where you've been acknowledged on on that that stage, so to speak, it's, it's good for us to know that too. So hats off and good for you. So you told me in a previous conversation that you believe creativity is much like spirituality. Expound on that a bit. Well, it, you know, I think it's because I I discovered my love of creativity at such a young age mm-hmm. that I knew that I was a storyteller and that I had this this uh, love of it. I didn't know I, I don't at five you don't know you're really good at something. You just know you can do something, and you know nobody tells you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> you know, luckily, because it was all going on in my head. So I guess my mother probably didn't know. <laughs> but so, you know, for me, it was linked to a spiritual path because 
this this inborn ability to love of stories and ability to tell stories and a desire to do this in some way in my little life and as, as I looked around that it became uh, a sense of of purpose mm-hmm. uh, I mean and and a lot of this I'm using you know grown-up words now yeah. to kind of look back and retrofit to what just what I knew as a kid it's kind of like like I was good at it. So this must be something that I should do. And, and in the early, you know, religious upbringing, you know, the, the, the teachers, um, I was raised Roman Catholic. I'm now Episcopalian, but you know, these wonderful nuns that would teach little kids our catechism. And they would say things like, you know, everybody has a reason. Everybody has got a gift. And if you have a gift, you know, you have an obligation or you should use it. Just like if somebody gave you a bicycle for your birthday, wouldn't you want to ride it? Well, you know, that went all the way in with me. And I was (laughs) like, wow, I guess if I have this gift of telling stories that it's okay Mm -hmm. to express myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't like to admit this because (laughs) hopefully I don't look it, but I'm 63. So I was raised. Yeah. Thank you. You do not look it at all. Well, (laughs) maintenance and skincare. (laughs) Wow. But I digress. Um, But, (laughs) but, you know, I was raised at a certain time when uh, women of my generation weren't always like given the a-okay to go express yourself. I also grew up in rural and northern New York State where I didn't have role models who were doing this. So this idea of creativity being a gift you were given mm-hmm. and it was one you should use because somebody gave it to you. Yeah. And I remember being told, like, if somebody gave you a pretty jacket or a sweater and you didn't wear it, you'd be wasting your gift. Yeah. And, and like I said, that went all the way and didn't make it any easier because it was lots of trial and error in my creativity. But as I matured, even into my 40s and later on, and, you know, on this path of journalist, then creative essayist, and, and you know, getting some pieces in major publications. And finally, I, I first book, you know, that was nonfiction, and the nonfiction and, and bestseller, and then to fiction, you know, lots of trial and error. But all along, I was sustained by a belief that no matter success or not success, money, no money. Like I can't tell you the extrinsic side of it, Mm. but on the intrinsic side, I felt like I was given a gift. I was made a promise and God delivered Mm. if I did my part of it. One of my favorite quotes is pray as if it all depends upon God and work as if it all depends upon you. Mm. And, you know, um, (laughs) that deeply appeals to me because creativity or really any endeavor Mm -hmm. requires us to give it our all. And then also know that we're not the only one on this path. Mm -hmm. You know, we take a step forward, God takes 10 steps toward us. However, you know, when we just can't, get ourselves going, we're lifted up and carried on. Mm-hmm. But I knew I just couldn't sit back and say, well, bring it on. Yeah. You know, I don't know drop anybody who's sky. had that pair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like drop it from the sky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Come on, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's, so that's why I really believe that create, for me, creativity and spirituality are, are absolutely you know, the two, two sides of the same path, left foot, yeah. right foot. They're, yeah. we're just, I can't walk the path without the other one. Yes. Wow. I think beautifully stated and shared. Uh, and I can relate to a lot of what you're talking about. I kind of feel like I was one of those people too, that as a young child, I was uh, trying to write. I mean, what makes a kid just try to write and another kid doesn't? <laughs> It's just there, but I'm so glad that you have people around you that encouraged you uh, to keep going. Um, so thanks for sharing all of that part of your story and letting us know why you see creativity as part of a, spirit, a spiritual process. So how is one's personal experiences, much like the character arc a reader might experience when reading a book? 
Well, I, I think, you know, what do they say? You know, art imitates life and, mm -hmm. and sometimes life imitates art, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there there is an arc, which the classic art is arc is, you know, uh, somebody begins at one level and a, a character in a story with certain uh, challenges or good fortune or misfortune or all of the above. And they have certain things that happen to them. Um, and there's a, a peak of, of intensity. And then, you know, it, then as everything is revealed, they end up at a higher place than where they were. Or yeah. conversely, they end up in a much lower place than where they were. But yeah. but we we often think of, a character that starts off somewhere in life, uh, somewhere on their journey. So today, something happened, you know, today, you know, the big storm hit or today the lottery ticket hit or today the girls, the, something happens. Mm -hmm. And there is a series of things they have to know or do or be compelled to do. You know, uh, Joseph Campbell, classic, uh, you know, uh, the hero's journey, you know, yeah. uh, the mythologist had talked about the hero's journey. So who do we think of classic, you know, Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, right? It's classic. But all of us have a hero's journey, somebody going about their life. And suddenly you, you're the one you're mm -hmm. going to do this. Excuse mm -hmm. me. And there is an arc. It starts a journey. We think of, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, but Bilbo Baggins sitting in his comfy little hole and suddenly he's right. off on his quest. Mm -hmm. We all have quests. We all have journeys. Mm -hmm. So just as a character in a book starts off here with some catalyzing event mm -hmm. and suddenly we're, we're being um, uh, challenged, we're being guided, we're getting setbacks, we have to find more resilience, more strength, find helpful people along the way you know, push back against elements that are uh, undermining us, we're going to reach us on the next plane of, a, yeah. of enlightenment, accomplishment, right. and then the journey goes on from there. And I think that way of looking at our lives and our life stories, that's why we do connect to characters in a book. Mm -hmm. They We realize this is a person who's having an extraordinary life in ordinary circumstances. Mm. I love it. And you know, I'm a writer too, but I never really thought about comparing my actual real life to what I do with characters. And I think it's helpful to see those comparisons to help us gauge where we are, to help us know it's okay to be where we are and to help us know that we can get to the next level just like the characters do. We just have to figure it out just like the characters. We're willing to go with the characters as they figure it out, but sometimes we're not willing to go with ourselves as we have to figure things out. <laughs> because it's scary. If you're reading a novel, all right, you're maybe you're maybe you're reading mine, <laughs> which is a mystery, and it's a classic mystery. And my and my protagonist Gabriella is is uh, going about an ordinary life. And but if you're reading about Gabriella and what happens to her as she encounters all these uh, pressure points, you might be saying, "Oh, I'm a little nervous for her. I'm a little scared for her." But you know, I, I know in the end, you know, the the clues will line up, and I'm 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 confident because I know this genre that there'll be a satisfying ending. But when we are in the midst of it, we don't have that guarantee. And that's what makes it so tough. But if we tell ourselves, and I do this, you know, if this was a story, I would know that a bunch of stuff will happen in the middle and it, it'll be okay in the end. Yeah. Um, it is. Um, I like that. And there, there is a comfort there because what I think, and, and someone a whole lot smarter than me would be able to say, tell you this, but I think we'd begin to tell our brains, start looking for some clues here right. and start helping me find solutions yeah. because that's where we bring the solutions, the satisfying ending mm -hmm. together in an episode of our lives. So we move through that uncertainty. We push through that fear mm -hmm. and we say, oh, wow. At the end of this, I ended up here. It wasn't perfect. You know, I, every character is, you know, still remains flawed. Every character bears the scars of what happened to them, but I'm here 
And okay, that episode taught me some things for the next part of my journey ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I like that you talked about um, life's uncertainties um, and I guess furthering our um, thoughts that we've already established around how it's comparable to our um, to characters in our own lives, these uns this idea of uncertainties. But now, when we relate that more closely to a mystery novel, um, you have a skill that I'm not well versed in. You're drop. You know that when you write your mystery novel, you're dropping those little clues, those little signposts, if you will. Um, to keep drawing the reader in, but also the character themselves are, are getting closer to something. Um, elaborate on these ideas a little more uh, and tell us a little more about that strategy that you use as a mystery writer that gets us going and then relate it back to real life. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so I had to learn the mystery genre. I didn't start out in mystery. I started out in, in thinking I was writing women's contemporary fiction. And um, I took my, what was then my creative thesis from Northwestern, and I showed it to some editors in New York. And they said, well, this would make a great mystery. And I was like, a mystery? Oh. I never thought about that. But they said, you've already started. You just can't see it, which is a great metaphor for life, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes we can't see that we have to bloom where we're planted. And we're like, right. plant what? You're like, hello, are you missing the clues <laughs> in your own life? For most of us, it's yes. Mm -hmm. So as I began to look at the story um, of, uh, of, a, of a, it's an, to give you just a tiny backdrop, it's set in a small town in northern New York based on where I grew up. My main character is um, Gabriella Dominici. She's 40 years old. She's living back in her hometown. She doesn't want to be there. She's divorced. <laughs> it feels like a defeat in her life. She's a single mom. She's taking care of her mother who has health issues. She's working in this little library and she's left her dream job at the New York Public Library Archives and Documents, wow. where she was an, an authenticator of rare documents and and historic documents and now you know she's running a rummage sale to help save the library and raise funds i mean it just feels like she's been slapped down by life and that's how it opens <laughs> but in opening up the boxes right she finds this quirky little thing it's a little medieval uh, we don't know it's medieval a little colorful cross it looks like something that could be on the Christmas decorations table. Maybe they'll get 10 bucks for it. <laughs> Turns out, it's a little bit of a spoiler, it's actually a medieval artifact, anonymously donated to the library. What is going on here? Why is it here? Who did it belong to? The donor won't, won't step up and admit this. And oh, by the way, one of the people who opened the box is now dead and floating in the harbor. Okay, uh -oh. so we've got classic <laughs> murder mystery. We've got Gabriella going, what? This was supposed to be easy. And, 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 and you know, I'm dropping in clues. So as the storyteller, you know, I'm dropping in clues and, and making sure the pacing is there. Like, just as you think you have it figured out, I have to give you a, a twist and a turn, right? Mm -hmm. and, and for me, learning to plot that out is immense fun. Uh, it's kind of how my brain works, right? <laughs> you know, what? I want to just throw this out there. The audience is not seeing you, your body language, but your energy is absolutely delightful. Your <laughs> facial expressions. I wish, you know, they could see what I'm seeing. But even in your voice quality, I think it's, it's being put across. But Oh my goodness, you're such a delightful <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, folks at home, just imagine that every time my voice goes up, so do my hands. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm half Italian. If I if my hands don't go, I can't speak. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's great. So, you know, Gabriella, you know, is is running around trying to put this together. 
And um, and it's fun for me to put in those clues and, and to learn how to get this. Uh, everybody's looking left and and the, the solution actually comes in from the right or vice versa. Yeah. And the reason I link that to um, how we live our lives is, I don't know about you, Pamela, but I find so often what I think is going to be the absolute perfect solution mm-hmm. turns out to be either something completely different or uh-huh. it's that with a twist. I've had that, yeah. And I, I remember asking a, a minister I knew once who also did some, you know, he was also my therapist, <laughs> um, <laughs> way back, and he said, you know, I think God likes to surprise us. So even if you think you can predict something down to the absolute moment of re- being revealed in all the parts there will be a surprise, not not a negative surprise, but there'll be a twist. Mm -hmm. And I think that in life, we need to be fluid enough to kind of go with the twist and appreciate that. And sometimes it accelerates things. Sometimes there's a pause and sometimes there's a U-turn and then we go ahead. But whenever those things occur, I think it's a moment to kind of stop take stock of what's going on, how we feel, breathe it in, and then navigate one pebble, one breadcrumb to the next until we feel like we can get going again. I love it. And I feel like um, what you just described is kind of like what you shared before about the mystery novel, dropping those clues. And we can kind of look at life as God's dropping those clues. Are we paying attention? And as he's dropping those clues, do we really think about it and take stock, as you said, and um, and say, okay, what is this here for? What is this leading me toward? What should I be thinking or doing or, or whatever with my life? Um, and sometimes you have to sit a minute. That's not going to come easy. Just like you said, the character was kind of frustrated, like what? What's going on with my life? And then all of a sudden, just this unique thing that she finds totally changes everything. Now life is exciting again and and a little bit crazy. And oh my God, somebody's been murdered. (laughs) We hope that's not happening in real life, the murdered part. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why, you know, mystery mysteries do kind of amplify the drama because that's what mysteries do. (laughs) But, but, you know, Minus the mayhem and the murder, uh, but we can find in our own lives the the um, the feeling of tensions building, mm-hmm. or you know, where is the next thing, or what is the problem I'm being called to solve? Yeah. Uh, what is the challenge I'm facing? And to see it this way of when you don't know what to do either, number one, like do nothing for a moment. Uh And like, if there's just one more step, one more query, one more phone call, one more ask, one more prayer, one more something. And it's in, I think it's in those itty bitty breadcrumbs that we finally make infinitesimal progress to get to the next phase and in that tiny space we can find usually the breath that says oh I got it it's that yeah because it doesn't you know it doesn't go like as we all know the older I guess it is not linear it is zing 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 zigzag 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 and and somehow we make progress but in that twist and turns, I think is also where we experience community with others. It's so true. And, you know, I see it in just the small things in life, too. I was listening to you and just reflecting. I went to a, a, a beauty store um, yesterday and I'm picking up something that one of the um, the workers in there went to another location and brought it for me. And we went in there and I'm like, oh, that's the wrong thing. And my daughter was with me and we were like, oh, we wasted our time coming way over here. And I said, wait a minute, I'm just going to go talk to that lady. And sure enough, we were about to walk out of there disappointed. It's not here. It's the wrong thing. But I, it just 
entered me. Go, go just say hi and thank her for going over there to try to get it for us. And she said, oh, no, no. I told her, oh, that's the wrong thing, but thank you. And she said, oh, no, no, no. I brought both of them just in case that was the wrong one. I brought both styles that they had. <laughs> and, and it all turned around. And, and so it makes me think, sometimes in life we give up too soon. We don't look under that last stone like a person has to do in the murder mystery to try to figure it out. If we think of our lives and we can apply it, not just to those larger things in life, but just simple things. I felt so good that I didn't walk out of there without what I wanted. <laughs> so the more the, that happens, the I intentionally practice it. I'm like, don't give up, ask another question. <laughs> I love it. And the person who was serving you felt so good because yeah. like, no, no, no. There are two options here. So we go, and I think it, it's such a metaphor, right? We go from, because I don't know about you, but I, I get, we all get locked into scarcity, right? It's either this or not. My scarcity is time. I don't have time. Okay. I got here. It's this thing or it's nothing. It's not right, but I don't have time to come back and blah, 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 blah. Scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. But when I just take that extra moment, to speak my truth or mm -hmm. to ask or to be yeah. vulnerable, mm -hmm. then suddenly it's like, of course, yeah. if you really need something, it will be here or mm -hmm. someone will help you or, and there is enough time and there is enough energy and there is someone to help. And I think those are teaching moments. Well, it's like, well, gosh, it's about face cream or hair cream yeah. or something. It doesn't seem to be life or death. But, but we curious. remember the lesson yeah. so that when, God forbid, it really is a big thing, like maybe a loved one has to get into a certain doctor's appointment for something, yeah. we, we remember that there is going to be someone to help and to open a door because we believe. Absolutely. Because we experienced it before and we believe. Beautifully said. So how did you become aware of the extraordinary in the midst of the ordinary life? Well, you just told a perfect example. I think <laughs> these little moments are happening all the time. We're in the middle of our ordinary life of like, you know, laundry and, and groceries and day and our day jobs and everything else. So, suddenly there are these, these happenstance things, these, I'm going to call them miracles. And maybe they're miracles with a, a, a small M, but they're, uh -huh. they're, they're moments where we just feel like, like God really is that much closer. And I think of it being the extraordinary. And often it, we f it feels like coincidence and it feels like, um, yeah. you know, it can be something as small as like, I got every green light and I wasn't late at all. Exactly. Or we just, you know, or or the thing we've been looking for frantically is right here. Or um, it's just like those those coincidences or happenstances where we feel like it's a moment of grace. It's a moment yeah. where we're reminded that, you know, we are you know, spiritual beings having a human life, right? right. Having a human experience. So I, I, I think in, um, in my own life, having this sense of a spiritual path, having a sense of that this is not all that there is, mm -hmm. that there, in a, there is connection from here to the divine, to God, yeah. um, that I was able to think about what a, extraordinary moment would look like in the in the life character because we know them in our own lives you know it's that you know uh, uncanny situation yeah. and I had it you know in in the making of my mystery novel you know there's an artifact in the middle of my mystery it's it's the small cross five inches uh, high and four inches wide you know the 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 uh, the arms of, of the cross and it and when I was writing my writing it, I was trying to envision in my head, what would it look like? And I did a lot of research in museums and I didn't find anything that captured it's gold, it's silver, it's got jewels, it's got no, it's what? 
And then it and it's from the 14th century, which also meant it would have a certain look that would not be faceted jewels, for example. It would not have this. And so I kept finding what it would not look like. Okay. Right. <laughs> wow, that's helpful. And then one day I'm in New York on a business trip. And I go into the Morgan Library and the Morgan Library is a wonderful museum, smaller, and it's J.P. Morgan's, you know, townhome converted with his private collection. He was obsessed with medieval art. So he's got two Gutenberg Bibles there and paintings and this is and that's and all over the place. And they have traveling exhibits. I'm there. I'm looking at. Emily Dickinson's poetry, her handwritten manuscripts, which has nothing to do with medieval crosses. But I'm there. I have a few minutes between meetings. I pop in. I look around. Now it's time for my next meeting. And it's a cold day. So I get my coat out of the, the coat check. I have my big scarf. And I stand next to uh, a display case they have in the lobby. Don't pay any attention to it. And I'm wrapping myself up with the shawl and I'm putting on the big coat and I drop a glove. And so I bend down to get my glove and I come up eye to eye with what is in the display case. Wow! It is a 14th century artifact from Siena, Italy, which is exactly what I'm trying to make up. What? And it's covered with this enameling that is multicolored. It looks like mini stained glass windows framed wow. by precious metal. And it's and I'm I'm like, you can't make this up. Wow. I drop a glove and I find an artifact from Siena and I'm trying to make up an artifact from Siena. Right. It's kind of like if you put it in a book, nobody would believe you. They'd go like, well, that's a little obvious. Right. But that really happened. Yeah. And that was the moment I knew <laughs> that number one, that was an extraordinary moment in the midst of the ordinary for me. And number two, I felt like God was saying, keep writing, girlfriend. <laughs> you keep writing, little about. Trisha. That's what I was just about <laughs> to say. I wanted to point that out. What a gift it was to say, kind of like, I'm with you. You're on the right track. It's one of those clues that we were talking about earlier and i just love the way you expounded on all this and i didn't even realize that before i asked you that question i kind of gave an example of <laughs> of um the ordinary life and having something um extraordinary happen because for me the extraordinary thing is my first mind told me oh well we're not going to get it turn around go get in your car and go home but something stopped me. There was a voice inside that just said, go thank the lady for trying, trying to get it. <laughs> and, and that's the voice I followed. And you know, we, we are all because these decisions. Go ahead. I got so excited by your story <laughs> because you led with love and gratitude. You didn't say, I'm going to go back in there and I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. You said, you know what? I'm going to thank her for trying to find this for me. Mm -hmm. So your motivations were love and gratitude. Mm. And that's what created the miracle because that's a that's all God, right? That yeah. was God coming through you. And also, we don't know what was going on in her day. She mm -hmm. might have had five difficult uh, customers. She might have had her hot water heater break at home. Yeah. <laughs> her feet could hurt. We don't know what else is going on in her life. You come in with love and gratitude, affirm her. She comes right back to you going, oh, but I have exactly what you need. Yeah. And she was and so you're. Oh, I brought them both. <laughs> so she's having an extraordinary moment and so are you. And these are the clues. These are the clues that tell us Listen, learn, watch, trust. Mm -hmm. You know, so often if, if we, we throw can... these moments away, though. And I think that's what we're really drilling home today in our conversation. Don't throw those little moments away. They And I liked earlier, you called it miracles with a small M. But they lead to those miracles with a large M. If you're paying attention, the clues will eventually connect. 
And when you really need those lessons that you've been learning in these small ways, when you have the that big whatever in life, you it'll speak to you on the inside and say, wait a minute. When I thought this, this happened, let me give it a try. And it could it could change your life uh, where it really counts. But it's paying attention to the fact that it's it's always there that helps you recognize it when you really, really need to recognize it as well. I'm loving this conversation. We're talking about your murder mystery, and but we're talking about life and and it's such a wonderful parallel. We know as artists that that art imitates real life and, and vice versa. <laughs> but it's so fun. It's so much fun to intentionally draw those comparisons. So I want you to tell us more uh, without spoiling it. Anything you want to share <laughs> about your um, mystery novel, The Secrets of Onita Harbor. is that That's the new one you're promoting, right? Uh, well, that's the one that's out. So that okay. was the first one. That's the one with the medieval cross in it. So The Secrets okay. of Onita Harbor. Onita Harbor is my little mysterious uh, town. It's uh, <laughs> named after a uh, kind of based upon my hometown. It's um like where I grew up, there's, you know, centuries of history mm -hmm. and all kinds of quirky characters. Napoleon's brother really did live about 80 miles away. I'm not kidding. Wow. Back in the <laughs> early 1800s, like everybody crossed through there. So I have rich history to really develop. And so I've taken um this little town where my hometown library was built to look like a castle, mm -hmm. a Norman revivalist. I thought everybody's library looked like a castle. Ours did. And I used that because, like, you can't throw that away. And so in this setting, I've created this mystery around this artifact that shows up. Gabriella, the authenticator authenticator meaning she's looking for truth so hold that metaphor mm -hmm. and meanwhile you know there's all kinds of mayhem being created in this small town because a stranger has shown up the stranger is this artifact mm -hmm. and it seems to bring out the best and worst in everybody whether it's so the their instigating event in this story is the cross that she's discovered okay. right Right. So some people see it and it's an object of beauty mm -hmm. and awe. For some people, it's fear because they kind of feel unworthy. Some people, it's just pure greed. That thing has got to be worth something. Yeah. Right. So we've got old and for Gabriella, what she longs for in life is truth. Mm -hmm. She says at one point in the book, the reason she wanted to be a librarian was because she would then have access to all the knowledge in the world mm. and knowledge makes her feel safe. Huh. So she lives in her head, which is kind of like me, <laughs> and she has to learn to trust her heart. So, you know, there's a, there's a romantic thread that goes through, oh. you know, without, I don't want to spoil any of that yeah. stuff, you know, who should she end up with and all that is kind of um, fluid and we won't spoil. Um, and it is also the start of a trilogy and hopefully a trilogy that becomes more volumes, the Onita Harbor mystery series. So in this first novel, we're trying to figure out, you know, where did it come from? Why is all this mayhem being created and how are these two mysteries connected? And, and that is my signature in my series, every single novel, including the one coming out this fall, which will be The Secrets of Still Waters Chasm, Gabriella again, and you know the same characters and some new ones. This time the artifact is nautical and it comes to into her possession because now people know her background. Okay. Can she help someone who needs help, who has this thing they think might you know, nice. give the, be their ticket out while there's all kinds of mayhem being created in a different part of, of the county with uh, there's an herbalist who knows plants for harm and healing. There's an environmental crisis 
and um and some some folks who are up to something uh not so nice here um, i never so- consider myself a mystery reader but you're turning me into one <laughs> Well, I hope it's catching. Um, and and I like this because I need it to be plausible. But I think about the things that create mystery or uncertainty or disturbance in our own lives. Number one, what is this thing and where did it come from? I don't know about you, but I can't look through the old family album without having some of that feeling. Who is this person yeah. standing with grandma and grandpa? Who uh-huh. is that? Yeah. Who is this person? You know, we're all over over Ancestry.com, right? <laughs> this and that. Like, we want to know where did something come exactly. from? It is innate. It is exactly. part of us. If you you know the story, you have, a, you know, something that belonged to your mom or your dad or an aunt or an uncle, your grandparents, you know, little thing. Like, these things contain stories. So we know what That's that what feels say. like. They all have a story. <laughs> and we and and so we know what that feels like. So in a mystery novel, we have something now that's centuries old, and it's brought its story with with it, uh, which which Gabriella, the authenticator, has to figure out. So in these novels, I create the who done it, mm-hmm. but I also want to make sure that the that the reader is as drawn into the mystery of the artifact, trusting that these two mysteries are going to connect. Because it reminds us that in our history is also our mystery. Mm-hmm. Love it. You're so good at this. <laughs> I think you've touched on it already, but I want to ask anyway. How do you think this novel will inspire and encourage people? It's to trust that they can figure things out. And and it's something I, I've said, be, you know, I've said in... in some you know conversations with people and something I really believe the more uncertainty we are presented um you know existentially uh politically climate um health whatever is going on or yeah. in our own lives you know maybe it's the uncertainty of I don't know whether I should change jobs I mean it can be grand or small mm-hmm. uncertainty mm-hmm. having a mystery that is solvable, that there are clues, that trusting that something will be revealed, that helps us deal, cope, or solve. Because, you know, I don't know if we can always get to solve in our lifetime, but we can (laughs) deal and cope and try to progress. Yes. I think that's the that's what I hope is um, along with being satisfied and, you know, and, and liking these characters and all that is the encouragement comes from saying the clues are around you mm-hmm. that can help you find the next step mm-hmm. to deal, to cope, to solve. Yeah, I think your readers, quite honestly, listening to this conversation are going to have a different appreciation even for your work. Well, you know, it's kind of wish I wish I could put a page in the back going, folks, this is more than a mystery. Uh, I mean, enjoy <laughs> mystery fans. Enjoy this. The secrets of Onita Harbor. I but also, um, you know, find see the metaphor in there. It's yeah. why we love these big epics. It's why we we enjoy the stories that hug at us. Yeah. That want us to be the heroes of our own stories. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So, um, and we know, because we kind of started off talking about epics, the hero's journey, and we're all those those heroes in our own lives, <laughs> and we're on a journey too. Help, uh, thank you for helping us see that. So what do you know that can be a bridge to help someone get to their next level best? And I- mm. Okay. So I have I have a different thought here than than um, okay. <laughs> I was going to say something, but another thought just went well. Okay, I think all of us have got um, you know we have our bucket list like oh someday I'd like to see Ireland or someday I want to go to Morocco where a friend of mine just came back from or someday I'd like to try bungee jumping or whatever yeah. like we have the thing the checklist like but I think there's a bucket list we also have 
about trying our hand at something creative. It could be cooking a certain kind of dish in the kitchen that's, you know, really difficult, or it's to find grandma's recipe for something and, and make that the way you remember it. It could be something in your garden. It could be a song. It could be uh, the next, you know, lyric opera. It could be who knows what. But I think that there's often something that's tugging at us mm -hmm. to say, just try, just try, just try, just try. Okay, church just asked for volunteers for the summer choir. You used to like to sing, but maybe you think you're not good enough. Just try, just try. Like is to listen to that little poke that's saying, just try, try. You've always wanted, you're listening to this lady talk. Uh, she about writing a mystery. You always wanted to try, 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 try. You're enough. You have it. You're allowed. That's what I hope people can can give themselves permission. There's, there is enough time. There is enough energy. There is enough hope to try. Put your hand at it. You don't have to be good at it. You don't have to be, maybe you're amazing at it, but it'll be, it'll bring on another aspect of yourself. And in that will be the a conversation, you and your soul, you and the inner part of you that's saying, what did we lose or forget along the way? When we were kids, we picked up chalk and finger pain and we stirred up cookies with grandma in the kitchen. We made a mess. Yeah. We didn't, we sang at the top of our lungs on our bicycles. The neighbors mm -hmm. are like, oh my God, those kids, right? We didn't care when we were kids. It was all fun and all expression. I Go find that. that. What I did you drop at the age of yeah. seven? You, me, all of us that we always wanted to do. Yeah. And what go do that. Child? I love that. And, you know, I love the way you're expounding about the idea of creativity, too, because I'm a firm believer. Like some of us, we call ourselves creatives or people call us creatives because we do something that's so distinctly identified in society as a creative thing, like writing or acting or painting, etc. But I like that you pointed out, we're all creative. We are all creative. So you said, try. And so you may try something and it might not be your thing, or you may hit it right on the nail the first time, but keep trying. I heard you saying that over and over again, try, try, try. So you may keep trying different things because Quite honestly, I'm a firm believer that we're all creative and we're all amazing at something. Yes. But you have to keep trying to discover that something uh, that's out there for you where you are just naturally really, really gifted and talented. I believe we all have some uh, creative ability and it can be seen just in the fact that we all have an imagination. Yes. Right. And, and, and there's use it differently. Right. <laughs> and, and there's because usually most of us have an inner critic who's like the, the inner critics like, why are you wasting your time on that? That's yeah. not going to put one more dollar in your checking yeah. account or, <laughs> you know, other people are a lot better at that than you are. You know, blah, 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 blah. But in in but there's joy that it creates joy. Maybe somebody's gift is their creative gift is in bringing people together at a dinner party or a luncheon. Maybe their gift is truly setting a table in which people feel welcome. Yeah. Maybe their gift is in being an appreciative listener who is absolutely transported by, you know, the next song they hear. Because that is creative expression going out the other way, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe their gift is... Um, just the way they can point out uh, the wind and the trees to their grandkids yeah. or how they like the picture they take in their mind. It's mm -hmm. like, go play artist today yeah. and mm -hmm. just pretend uh, whether it's, you know, because you stuck some parsley on the side of your plate or you decided that you wanted to pay attention to the sunset tonight and you're going to watch the colors and name them. Mm -hmm. It will change how you view yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. Find that beauty. There is still beauty in this world. When we forget about that 
I think we lose part of ourselves and we are then doomed to a yeah to a hopelessness. Yeah. So let the artist in you come alive. So I ask all of my guests the same last question, which is which final gem can you leave with our audience today that'll help them go to their next level of best around the things we've been discussing today? Okay. So, okay, everybody, if you need permission, <laughs> if you're looking for a sign, mm -hmm. if you're looking for permission that you should try that thing, here it is. <laughs> I, Patricia Crisipoli, give you permission today and every day of your life to try anything creative that's ever, ever been of the least even tiniest bit of interest to you I and if you're it. looking for a sign here it is i'm <laughs> holding it up in my hand here's your sign that says yes you can yes you may go have fun yes it is important wonderful yay again i love your energy so please share any information you would like to share about how my audience can contact you, get your books, stay in touch with you, follow you, all that good stuff. Share it verbally. And then uh, we'll also put it in the show notes when, when it does release. Okay. So the best way to find me is on my website. And um, it's not as difficult as my name. It is <laughs> www.faithhopeandfiction.com all spelled out. So faith, F-A-I-T-H, hope, H-O-P-E, and A-N-D, fiction, F-I-C-T-I-O-N.com. There you'll find my little ELA E literary website, information about my books, uh, which are also available for my wonderful publisher, Woodhall Press. Thank you. Thank you, Woodhall. I love you. Mm -hmm. um, and also are on my website with links to, you know, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all that wherever fine books are sold. Um, and it's called The Secrets of Oneida Harbor. Um, but if you look me up, you'll be in the show notes, you get to the website, you'll find it. And um, I would love to hear from people. You know, um, mystery is all around us. It speaks to us. It's our history. It's our spiritual path. And the clues point us to solution and to community. That is so wonderful. I got to tell you, I am just thrilled that you have been on my show to be a guest. I absolutely love the conversation we just had about art and about real life. It was, it, I don't know, I feel like we created art together somehow through this conversation. We did. <laughs> and I love your energy. And um, again, just thank you so much. Well, friends. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.